Good day, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Asana Second Quarter Fiscal Year 2022 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Catherine Buon. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on today's conference call to discuss the financial results for Asana's second quarter fiscal 2022. With me on today's call are Dustin Moskowitz, Asana's co-founder and CEO, Tim Wan, the company's chief financial officer, Chris Farinacci, the company's outgoing chief operating officer and head of business, and the company's incoming chief operating officer and head of business, Anne Raimondi. Today's call will include forward-looking statements pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995, including, but not limited to, statements regarding our financial outlook, market position, and growth opportunities. Forward-looking statements involve known and unknown risks and uncertainties that may cause our actual results, performance, or achievements to be materially different from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statements. Forward-looking statements represent our management's beliefs and assumptions only as of the date made. Information on the factors that could affect the company's financial results is included in its filings with the SEC from time to time, including the section titled Risk Factors in the Quarterly Report on Form 10-Q, filed by the company for the quarter ended April 30, 2021. In addition, during today's call, we will discuss non-GAAP financial measures. These non-GAAP financial measures are, in addition to, and not a substitute for or superior to, measures of financial performance prepared in accordance with GAAP. Reconciliation between GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures and a discussion of the limitations of using non-GAAP measures versus their closest GAAP equivalent are available in our earnings release, which is posted on our Investor Relations webpage at investors.asana.com. And with that, I'd like to turn the call over to Dustin. Thank you, Catherine, and thank you, everyone, for joining our earnings call today. We had another great quarter in Q2. We accelerated revenues, accelerated enterprise customer growth, and increased dollar-based net retention rates across the board. Revenues of $89.5 million grew 72% year-over-year, accelerating 11 percentage points versus Q1. This is a very significant acceleration and the third quarter in a row of acceleration. We're now at a $358 million gap revenue run rate. For customers spending over $5,000 or more on an annualized basis, our revenues grew 97% year-over-year. We added over 7,000 net new paying customers, continuing the strong pace from last quarter, putting our total number of customers over 107,000. The number of customers spending over $50,000 on an annualized basis grew 111% year-over-year, which reflected an acceleration in our largest enterprise customers. And dollar-based net retention rate increased across all of our customer cohorts. It increased to over 125% for customers spending $5,000 or more on an annualized basis. For customers spending $50,000 or more on an annualized basis, it increased over 145%. And our overall dollar-based net retention rate increased to over 118%. Based on our outlook for the rest of the year, we're raising full-year guidance by 6% to a range of $357 million to $359 million, representing 57% to 58% growth for the year. Q3 guidance represents 58% to 60% growth. There are several drivers for the business. First, customers are adopting Asana everywhere. We're seeing record top-of-the-funnel volume, demand around the globe, and rapid expansions within our customer base. Second, we're seeing continued momentum in the enterprise. We're closing larger deals and expanding seats across departments and geographies quickly in large organizations. Our largest customers are recognizing the increasing value and scalability of our unique work graph data model. 
This is reflected in our over $50,000 customer cohort growth and the expansions in the base. The investments in our product strategy and the work graph are paying off, and this is just the beginning. Third, customer adoption and retention is as good or better than it has ever been. Our focus is to build great customer experiences with human-centered design principles and help customers experience the best version of Asana right away, which drives our adoption and revenue. As a result, our NPS scores are the highest we've seen to date. Our adoption metrics are strong, and our retention rates are at record levels. As everyone is probably well aware, we're currently experiencing one of the biggest workplace transformations in history. Even after a year of surprising changes, the situation remains fluid. It can be difficult to achieve organizational-wide clarity under normal circumstances, and for the past 18 months, this challenge has hit an entirely new level. The reality of the moment is that increased workloads and too many emails, messages, meetings, and video calls are barriers to productivity. According to our annual survey called the Anatomy of Work, limited employee bandwidth has meant that over a quarter of deadlines are missed. A key driver is the lack of clarity caused by unclear processes. Large enterprises in particular, delays and the inability to successfully pivot as needed can add up to a significant drain on resources, revenue, and profitability. While the symptoms around these types of pains have evolved, their root causes have been with us for a long time. Through it all, Asana's mission to help humanity thrive by enabling the world's teams to work together effortlessly has remained constant. Our product roadmap continues to be strong, and with our Asana work graph, we are uniquely equipped to help companies find the best path to reach their goals and to shift as needed along the way. We build products that give clarity to individuals, teams, and executives. In the first half of the year, we announced Asana Partners, which featured over 200 technology partners, a channel partner network, and seven new languages. Asana is now available in 13 languages spoken by 4.2 billion people across the globe. We also launched Universal Reporting, giving real-time, actionable insights into teams' progress across the entire organization enabled by the WorkGraph. In June, we added a suite of new features designed to help individuals achieve greater focus and flow. These include video messaging in partnership with Vimeo, supercharged My Tasks, the Asana desktop app, and our clockwise smart calendar assistant integration. I'm also excited about our deep integration with Zoom. You can create a new Zoom meeting and join it right from inside the Asana task. While in Zoom, teams can quickly create Asana tasks so detail and action items don't get lost. Once the meeting is over, the recording and transcript can be added to Asana and action items assigned to owners. So everyone has a record of what was discussed and what needs to be actioned. Asana for Zoom leads to better meetings with clear agendas and actionable next steps. On October 20th, at our enterprise event called Scale, we'll be unveiling a suite of new features to help large organizations orchestrate work across departments and geographies to achieve their goals. And finally, we remain on track to launch our entirely new take on workflows at the end of our fiscal year. Before I hand it over to Chris, I also want to highlight that last week, Asana was officially listed on the long-term stock exchange. In conjunction with that, we launched our first consolidated step towards ESG reporting by providing our first ESG fact sheet on the investor relations website. Enabling the world's teams to work together effortlessly is an expansive mission and requires commitment to our long-term strategies. We're continuing to build structures to execute on these long-term strategies and align with partners such as the LTSE with common values. With our ESG reporting, we endeavor to provide the same clarity and transparency that our product offers. We are committed to expanding our reporting in the coming year. You can find more information about this on the Investor Relations website. 
Lastly, I'm proud to highlight that we've been recognized by Fortune and Great Places to Work as one of the best small and medium workplaces for 2021, marking the fifth year for Asana in the list of top 10 rankings. And now I'll hand it off to Chris. Thanks, Dustin. We accelerated revenue growth again to 72% year-on-year in Q2. Some highlights from the quarter's business performance include the following. First, we posted strong customer growth again this quarter, adding another 7,000 net new customers, and we now have over 107,000 paying customers. We continue to see record top-of-funnel growth. We also completed the additional language rollout for the year and now have 13 languages in total. Second, we continue to see strong expansion within our existing customer base, particularly with our larger customers. The net retention rate for customers spending $50,000 or more with us annually increased over 145%. And third, we're seeing our investments paying off in enterprise, driving continued enterprise momentum. The number of customers spending $50,000 or more annually grew 111% to $598 in the quarter. Our value proposition is clearly resonating with our customers. In fact, IDC recently released an independent study of the business value of Asana, and the research demonstrates the substantial impact that Asana has on an organization's ability to focus on higher value work and customer delivery. Participants in the study reported higher employee productivity, more effectiveness and more on-time work, and ultimately higher customer satisfaction. Some of the highlights from the recent study by IDC include 224% one-year return on investment, 33% less time spent on emails, and 42% faster execution of business processes. The IDC study validates what some of our existing larger customers already know. Last quarter we shared our largest customer deployment expanded to 50,000 seats. This quarter we saw another Fortune 50 company expand their deployment to more than 25,000 seats. This further illustrates the scalability that the work graph enables and shows our value proposition is resonating with some of the biggest enterprises in the world. We had some spectacular customer wins this quarter, including mass media and entertainment conglomerate Viacom CBS. Additional customer highlights from the quarter include the following. Fujitsu, the eighth largest IT service provider in the world, expanded their use of Asana in Q2. Founded in 1935, they're undergoing a company-wide digital transformation. Asana is being used across the transformation office, designers, marketing, business planning, and business systems project teams to gain more visibility and clarity into their cross-functional working processes so they can execute and make business decisions faster. Just Eat Takeaway, a leading global online food delivery marketplace, has expanded the use of Asana's enterprise solution in Q2 with a multi-year agreement that enables all employees to manage their work in the Asana platform. Asana is being leveraged heavily across operations, building out their logistics network, global marketing campaigns, client services, and streamlining their integrations of recent acquisitions. Just Eat chose Asana because they needed a platform that could help them drive their strategic objectives forward, expanding supply chain, rapidly deploying marketing brand campaigns, and elevating their customer experience. Cohesity is a software company that delivers next-generation data management to thousands of businesses around the globe. Just as Cohesity is focused on simplifying data management, the company turned to Asana to simplify their work streams and processes. Cohesity determined Asana was the best platform to help them increase transparency into work happening across their organization to drive operational efficiencies and help them scale. In Q2, they chose to standardize on Asana's enterprise solution. 
It's now heavily used across their engineering, marketing, IT, operations, customer success, and leadership teams. These are just a few of our Q2 customer wins. But as you can see, organizations of all sizes across industries and regions are adopting our work management platform to increase productivity, coordinate their work, and provide real-time clarity and alignment across their teams and organizations. As we look forward to the second half of the year and beyond, we're continuing to focus our business on three major growth drivers. Acquiring new customers, expanding our existing customer base, and maintaining our enterprise momentum. As we saw from the results, the playbook is working for us. Going forward, it's all about adoption and scale. We're just at the beginning of this journey. And with that, I'll turn it over to Tim to go through our financial results. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We're very excited to report another great quarter with strong results across the board. Q2 revenue growth accelerated another quarter to $89.5 million, up 72% year-over-year. We now have over 107,000 paying customers at the end of Q2. This represents a 31% year-over-year increase. We have 12,806 customers spending 5,000 or more on an annualized basis, up 61% year-over-year, and growth in our larger customers is even stronger. We now have 598 customers spending 50000 or more on an annualized basis, which accelerated again this quarter to 111% year-over-year. As a reminder, we define customers spending 5000 or more and 50000 or more based on annualized gap revenues in a given quarter. Revenue from customers spending 5000 or more represented 66% of our revenues in Q2, compared to 58% in the year-ago quarter. This segment of our business grew 97% year-over-year. Our overall dollar-based net retention rate increased to over 118%. As a reminder, our dollar-based net retention rate is a trailing four-quarter average calculation. Among customers spending 5,000 or more, our dollar-based net retention rate increased to over 125%. And among customers spending 50,000 or more, our dollar-based net retention rate increased to over 145%. Before turning to expense items and profitability, I would like to point out that I will be discussing the non-GAAP results in the balance of my remarks. Gross margins came in at 89%, up from 87% in the year-go quarter. Research and development was $36.6 million, or 41% of revenue. We continue to invest heavily to fuel innovation at a high velocity. Sales and marketing was $58.3 million, or 65% of revenue, reflecting the investment in both our self-serve and direct sales motion. G&A was $23.4 million, or 26% of revenue. Operating loss was $38.6 million, and our operating loss margin was 43%. Net loss was $39.8 million, and our loss per share was $0.23. Cents. I will note that we converted our outstanding convertible debt during the quarter. This resulted in an increase in shares outstanding of $17 million. Moving on to the balance sheet and cash flow. Cash and marketable securities, including long-term investments at the end of Q2, were approximately $382 million. Our RPO is $171.1 million, up 100% from prior year. Our free cash flow is defined as net cash from operating activities, less cash used in property and equipment and capitalized software costs, excluding non-recurrent items, such as our direct listing fees and expenses, and the build-out of our San Francisco office. 
In Q2, free cash flow was negative 9.3 million. We are very proud of our achievements and the business momentum. Now moving to our Q3 and fiscal year 22 outlook. For fiscal year 22, we expect revenues of 93 million to 94 million, representing growth rates of 58 to 60 percent year over year. We expect non-GAAP loss from operations of 49 million to 47 million, and we expect loss per share of 27 cents to 26 cents, assuming basic and diluted weighted average shares outstanding of approximately 184 million. Looking up to the full fiscal year 22, we are raising our previous guidance and now expect revenue to be in the range of 357 million to 359 million, representing a growth rate of 57 to 58 percent year over year. Given the large opportunity ahead, we will continue to invest for growth to maintain our leadership position. We expect full-year non-GAAP operating margins to improve from fiscal year 21. Longer term, we believe that we can execute on a growth strategy and that our best-in-class gross margins and strong unit economics will provide the leverage and flexibility to invest into the enormous market opportunity. We believe this investment will provide durable and sustainable growth as we pursue this large market opportunity with the best-in-class product. Before turning it over to the operator for questions, I'll turn it back to Dustin for some additional comments. Thanks, Tim. As you may have seen, we announced that Anne Ramondi joins us as of today as our new COO and head of business. I'm thrilled to have Anne on the team. Her background as a customer-centric operations executive will be indispensable as we continue building our enterprise offerings and work to help all of our customers succeed in achieving their missions. Anne has been serving on the Asana board for the last two years, so she has co-created the strategy that she'll now be helping to lead. I couldn't be happier to have that kind of continuity between two great executives. After helping us achieve six years of very rapid growth, including two independent cycles of accelerating growth rate and tremendous success throughout the organization, Chris will be enjoying a well-earned retirement. Chris, thank you so much for all of your contributions to get Asana to this stage. Thanks, Dustin. It has been the privilege of my career to be a member of the Asana team since 2015, and I'm incredibly proud of the company's success to date and the significant growth opportunities ahead for the company. The two things I'm most proud of we've built over the past six years are our world-class team. I want to thank everyone in Asana for their support over the last six years and our amazing customer base, whom we're enabling to spend more time on their missions. I've worked closely with Anne during her time on the board. Anne is a very strategic thinker and has a deep understanding of the Asana business. I couldn't be more excited to pass the baton to Anne. And of course, I'll be here to ensure a smooth transition until the end of the fiscal year. Thanks so much, Chris and Dustin. When Chris and Dustin first approached me about the idea of joining as part of the executive team, I was honored and thrilled. Having been a customer myself and a board member, I've had the chance to see what an incredible team, business, and opportunity we have. Chris's leadership has helped us build and scale a fast-growing business and a remarkable team, and my goal is to continue the momentum. The strategy at Asana is clearly working, and I'm very excited for this opportunity. Asana is addressing one of the most pervasive problems across organizations. It's been the top issue in all of my conversations with CEOs and C-suite leaders over the last few years, and the market is enormous. We are just at the beginning of the adoption curve, and already there is tremendous momentum, especially at Asana. I'm going to be hosting our enterprise event in October, and I look forward to seeing all of you there. Wonderful. Thanks, everyone. And with that, operator, we'll turn it over to questions. 
to ask a question, simply press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star 1 to ask a question. Our first question comes from Brent Braceland with Piper Sandler. Please go ahead. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, thanks for taking the question here. Uh, Dustin, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, historically, Asana has been deployed as more of a departmental solution. I think what I find interesting here is the pace of enterprise expansions. You're seeing kind of broader deployments at, at Just Eats, Cohesity, Fujitsu. You talked about the 25,000-seat deployment at a Fortune 50. My question here, what's resonating most with enterprise customers that are, are looking here to go wall-to-wall? -wall? Why now? Is it the hybrid work reality, or are there other reasons why you're starting to see much broader adoption here? Thanks. Uh, well, really, I think that the, the problems that we're solving uh, and creating, you know, clarity and alignment for customers uh, are really part of, of much longer-term trends. You know, the, uh, the need for clarity really pre-exists. Uh, you know, COVID and the pandemic and work from home uh, by many years. Uh, but certainly those things have accentuated pain and, and brought more awareness uh, to the problem space that we're solving. Uh, but I think a lot of what is generating the, the momentum in the enterprise is seeing, uh, you know, our product strategy uh, pay off and be able to, to deliver on creating great workflows uh, for these organizations. And then, you know, they're seeing the success at our existing customer deployments. They're seeing the success within um, smaller deployments they might have in, in their own company uh, and wanting to, to replicate that and expand that really quickly. Is there anything you want to add, Chris? Yeah, maybe I'll just add a couple more customer examples just to sort of give you the, the customer perspective. So I, I talked about Just Eat and Cohesity, my prepared remarks. You know, Cohesity needed to simplify and streamline their processes and projects company-wide so they could really get clarity and transparency at scale, so they expanded their use of Asana Enterprise as the standard tool to do that. Um, another one I didn't mention in, in the pre-remarks is Gorillas. Gorillas is a um, German grocery delivery company that's expanding really quickly. They're the fastest-growing unicorn in Europe. Uh, and to support their rapid growth and scaling needs, they, they, we did a three-year ELA for Asana wall-to-wall with them this prior quarter to, or this past quarter, um, to coordinate all their projects and processes and work across the business. Um, and a, a really interesting use case that's pretty typical and I think a sweet spot for Asana um, is creating standard processes for rapidly launching their services into new cities and countries uh, to move faster and sustain their rapid growth. And I think any sort of um, cross-functional use case like launches of any kind is a killer use case that we're Well, certainly happening faster than I would have expected. Uh, you know, great to see. Thank you. Your next question is from Steve Enders with, with KeyBank. Hi, great. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for taking the question here. Uh, I just want to touch on, on the expanding net retention that you, you saw in the quarter year. I um, just want to get a better sense for, for what's, what's driving that. Um, it's in plan upsells, uh, and I guess kind of more broadly, is it, is it something about the, the, the band environment that, that's bringing more people uh, to expand quicker, or is there something about your, your reps and your customer success teams that are uh, beginning to, to drive some of that expansion? Uh, I, I think, you know, from a metric standpoint, it's definitely twofold. I would say um, we're seeing increased expansion on a cohort basis, and we're seeing improved adoption on a cohort basis. So the, both of those um, have really helped, helped um, in terms of the net expansion rate improving um, over the last, uh, you know, kind of over this past quarter. So we're really encouraged by the results, and, you know, all the trends are, um, you know, 
going in the right direction. Yeah, I, might, I mean, I might just add, this is Chris, I might just add, um, uh, on top of what Tim said, like, um, the, the business imperative right now is, is, you know, is growing. So organizations are now preparing for the new normal, and they want capabilities to coordinate work no matter where their employees are. So the, the you know, the need for this is rising. And we've made a lot of support that adoption over the last year, and we're just starting to see it um, bear some of the, thru- the fruits of that. And I think you also uh, mentioned um, in terms of sort of ACB going up, but we're really seeing strong seat growth as well. And it's really related to that, that bottoms-up adoption of the yeah, some of the new product that you introduced in the quarter, uh, you know, across universal for reporting, uh, and some of the new video messaging functionality. I guess, how are you kind of seeing the adoption curve so far uh, of that within within the customer base uh, to date? Uh, yeah, we've seen a lot of excitement, especially around universal reporting. Uh, so we're actually just diving into some stats in the, the past few weeks. And in our largest customers, uh, in each of them, we see hundreds of dashboards being being created and shared. Um, and we're also uh, hearing a lot of feedback from our sales team that customers are excited when they're on pro- prospect calls uh, that's coming up in, in a large number of the, the active sales conversations. Okay, great. Thanks for taking my questions. Your next question is from Brent Phil with Jeffries. Good afternoon. Uh, Dustin, uh, just back to the large enterprise deployments, uh, I think you know a, a thing about uh, large scale uh, and building out networks. I, I'm curious, when you think about the scale of some of these larger deployments that you have today, can you uh, just provide a little more color about, you know, where, where you're starting to reach in terms of seat deployments and complexity and Maybe just help us better understand um, how, how that's how that's building out over the next one to two years. Yeah, so it's really uh, you know a variety of things. We're really excited it's on top of those uh, what we announced last quarter with a 50,000 seat deployment. Both of those are Fortune 50 companies. Um, we also have a, a number of examples of other customers that are in the, the you know many thousands, um, and we're starting to see. Uh, and, and when they're at that scale, you know we we do tend to see. It's an entire division, or maybe, um, and then additionally, uh, with customers that are, you know, more in the thousands of uh, seats range, we're starting to see more uh, sort of wall-to-wall deployments. So really seeing uh, about that for, um, you know, customers we've been talking about recently with uh, Cohesity City and, and Gorillas, um, both deploying, uh, you know, Asana uh, throughout the organization. Um, and that's when you really start to see the, the sort of magic of the unique work graph data model where they're able to engage in cross-functional workflows uh, and leverage the flexibility to have everyone aligned around a shared source of truth. Um, I think that covered the first part of your question. Was there, was there a second part? Maybe for Tim, just, you know, you're coming off uh, the highest growth in five quarters. Um, I know you, you've always said to us, don't look at billings, but there's 80% billings, and then Coming into a 59, that we should think about just lapping these big these big comps you're pushing, or uh, just curious how you would frame frame the guide relative to what you've been putting up. Yeah, I, I think I think the the we are coming off. I would say the first half were a bit of a more of an easy comp for us. 
Um, and, uh, you know, essentially it's, we still have about a third of our customer or revenue base that's still on monthly. Um, on a monthly skew. So the billings is not necessarily the best indicator of our growth, but we're really encouraged by both like the, the, the calculated billings and the RPO growing so substantial, uh, you know, having really strong growth. And that's really indicative of the momentum. Deals are getting larger. Um, some customers are even doing multi-year deals with us. So I think those are all really encouraging side around the, uh, the enterprise side. Rishi Jaluria with RBC Capital Markets. Hey, thanks. This is Oprah Beyond for Rishi. Thanks for taking the leverage on the sales and marketing line. But think about the, the kind of top line outperformance you had in the quarter and accelerating revenue. Can you talk about, you know, are you revising your expectations on uh, quarter carrying sales capacity hires? And then maybe more broadly, just talk about the, the competitive market for uh, talent acquisition and sales capacity. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say we're really encouraged by the performance of the, the sales team and the uh, the sales, you know, all the all the sales reps that we've we've hired, um, and that's been with us. Um, you know, we're not making any changes right now, but I think what we're seeing is kind of the, the demand in the market continues to be strong. The conversations are becoming more strategic, um, and that the types of deals are being uh, much more complex and thoughtful over a longer period of time. So I think those are just like all really encouraging signs. And then Chris, yeah, maybe yeah. some more color on you know we just have sales capacity and hiring. So we're aggressively hiring around for demand. Uh, one one bit of news that's new is um, we're opening a new Chicago office this year to serve the untapped demand in the United States. And then the other thing I would add is, um, you know, beyond how big the market up is and how fast we're growing and our, and our differentiation, it, it's helping us to attract talent that we're seen as one of the best places to work in tech. Uh, and we see that as a real, you know, a real strength and opportunity to, have, to help us keep growing quickly. Gotcha. That's helpful. Um, and then uh, one, one more for us on, uh, on guidance. It looks like 4Q guidance implied kind of implies a bit of a deceleration there can you just talk about your assumptions on the on full year guide yeah, i think you know i think we're really encouraged by the momentum that we've seen in the business kind of the both on the top of the funnel um customer growth and seed growth um seed growth. what i would say is we've already increased guidance to 20 million um and really encouraged by the momentum we're seeing in the business so we've heard Thanks, everyone, and uh, congrats on the quarter. Thanks. Your next question is from Pat Walravens with JMP. Uh, great. Thank you. And uh, let me add my congratulations. The momentum is really uh, remarkable to see. Um, so, Anne, congratulations on the new role. Um, I am guessing that uh, you took the opportunity to talk to a bunch of senior executives about the space and about Asana before taking the job. And I would love to know uh, what you heard. And then maybe related to that, uh, what's your what's your sort of number one priority uh, right now? Thanks so much, Pat. Um, I'm so excited to be here. And you're right, the conversations I've had over, you know, especially the last year, um, for executives, the importance of clarity and really knowing who's doing what by when 
in an environment of such rapid change and uncertainty has, you know, boiled to the top of their list of things that they have to solve. And so um, having spent the last two years on the Asana board and seeing the strength of the team and the strategy, my priorities really are just to continue to invest in the momentum that we have and the incredible team. Okay. And how do you do that? Uh, well, so as Chris had mentioned, we are continuing to make sure that we're bringing the best people in and ramping our sales and marketing teams in every geography. We've been really impressed with the progress with our GMs, um, so that's a top priority. And then continuing to make sure our large deployments that we've been talking about are really successful and feeling that adoption. I think that those are key priorities for all of us. Awesome. All right. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. Your next question is from Alex Zukin with Wolf Research. Hey, guys. Congrats on another great quarter. Um, I guess maybe for, for anybody, the, the question's maybe in two parts. You, you Clearly, the net ads are, are fairly exceptional in the first half. They're the strongest in your history. But at the same time, you're also seeing great enterprise traction from your existing customers. So, Maybe first, how should we think about the pace of net ads in the second half and beyond? Um, and also, if you look at the bookings mix, how are we thinking about or how are you thinking about the split of bookings from new versus existing customers? Uh, and, and how does that kind of trend forward as you get some of these much larger um, opportunities within your base? Yeah. Hey, Alex, this is Tim. Um, just from a kind of net ads perspective, obviously I think there's always going to be some quarterly fluctuations. Um, you know, I think I may have mentioned it uh, before on this call that generally in Q3, you know, 40% of our business is outside a little bit slower. So you can kind of expect a little bit of a, a slower month in terms of Europe from a customer ad perspective. Our net ads on a customer basis. We've been, we've been growing our customer base anywhere between 20 to 30 percent. You know, like a trend that we're focused on. And then from a bookings perspective, what I would say is from new bookings, generally we see anywhere between 40 to uh, 40. Trend, I would say, we, we are seeing more um, of the trend shifting towards more expansion as we get more larger deals, but, you know, it's really important for us to continue to add new customers and teams of all sizes because we know once they adopt our net expansion rate, as have you seen, that it's over 118%, as we get more teams adopted, those those rates tend to move up as, it, as their spend increases. Perfect. And your next question is from Andrew DeGasprey with Berimger. Yeah, thanks for taking my question. I know you addressed the, the mix outside the U.S. So how is that expansion plan trending? Um, you've, you've launched that channel program earlier this year. So if you could elaborate on that and maybe provide us an update on how that's going. Okay. Hey, this is Chris. Um, thanks for your question. So on the, on the regional side, um, we see strong growth across the global markets that we focus in. The split hasn't really changed too much. 
Um, Asana is now available in 13 languages, so they're all they're all live now, and you know clearly that will um, that will drive growth in a lot of those new markets. I think the combined net new languages um, bring us to, you know uh, the TAM to like four billion you know information workers worldwide, uh, and the big wins and expansions we talked about the, across the regions were really um, or the big wins this quarter really spread across the regions, and on the channel side, um, you know the sort of two focused investment areas there. One is continued focus on our technology and integration partners. Um, and there, you know, um, a couple new things to note. Um, you know, we, we mentioned over the quarter that we announced this um, integration with Vimeo, uh, and we're seeing really good early traction with that um, technology embedded with Asana for video messaging. Uh, it enables in synchronous status updates in an engaging way. The other is we did a, a feature partnership with Zoom when they launched their app store. Uh, and I'm really excited about the deep integration we're seeing there. It brings structure and accountability to meetings. Uh, and Zoom's also actually a fast-growing customer and, and growing partner. And then the channel side in the regions, you know, we're, we're, the program continues to grow quickly. We're seeing uh, particular traction from our enterprise-focused channel partners. Uh, the channel network is across 75 countries. We closed one of our largest channel deals in Q2 in India. That's helpful. And then maybe on, um, I'm seeing the non-current deferred inching up um, over the last few quarters. I was just wondering, should we be seeing um, more multi-year agreements coming through as you expand up market, so to speak? Yeah, so ELAs and multi-year contracts are more common as we're engaging with, you know, with larger enterprises more and more. We don't, we don't do all-you-can-eat forever ELAs. We work with customers to structure pricing that scales with usage, so it's typically tiered by seat numbers. Um, you know, we mentioned some of the, I mentioned some of the customer examples of ELAs uh, in earnings. Uh, you know, maybe I can give you a little more color on one or two more. Um, that large global 50 company that Dustin talked about, um, that was on top of rapid adoption, and that's a two-year global ELA, um, and that's really driven by employee demand for a better tool to coordinate work. It's being used for hundreds of use cases, including roadmap planning, content production, marketing campaigns, new hire recruiting, all those sorts of things. Um, and a number of the other deals we talked about were two- or three-year uh, ELAs as well. So, yes, that's becoming more common as we move up market. Thank you. Our next question is from Keith Weiss with Morgan Stanley. Excellent. Uh, thank you guys for, for taking the question, and, and congratulations on uh, a really nice quarter and, and really outstanding first half of this fiscal year. I, I want to dig in a little bit more on that, that customer account number. Um, I, I'm looking at that 12806 in the spreadsheet that Catherine sent over. That's up uh, 1,534 from last quarter, 161% uh, increase from what you guys added in, in, in the year-ago period. And I know, Tim, you're talking about sort of easier comps, but that's a, a – um, outstanding uh, number right there. Um, two questions on that. One, does that come solely from just expanded investment in, in the traditional kind of go-to-market channels, or is there any change in, in go-to-market, anything that really opened up for you guys to allow for, for that customer account to increase? And then two, we, well, it seems like the market is really hot right now um, overall for these types of solutions. Um, is some of this a, a release of pent-up demand that, that, that came from last year, and we should be a little bit uh, um, wary about extending this type of strength too far into the future, or do you think these trends are going to really prove durable over time uh, in, in terms of how quickly the, the um, uh, demand is coming to you guys within this marketplace? Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. That was a lot. I want to make sure I, I got – what was the first question? I want to make sure I 
answer that quickly. So the first question was more about uh, distribution. Any significant changes in distribution oh, yeah. that enable that customer account to grow so much? Yeah, so I mean, our our top of funnel strategy is um, is working really well. As we mentioned, we have um, record top of funnel and demand. It's a blended, pay, you know, paid organic product led growth approach. The thing that's sort of you know net new or or incremental to to your question recently is those new languages. So those new languages are opening and expanding Asana up uh, in new markets, and we're definitely seeing you know uh, growth growth in terms of new customer logos in those in those new markets where those new languages are are uh, driving it. Um, yeah, I, I would just add that, you know, um, just to be straightforward, I, I don't really see it as a pent-up demand thing. I think it's more about the, the category uh, maturing and our product offering maturing. So the value proposition is really resonating, um, and this is really just the beginning. Uh, so I think there's going to be uh, a lot more big deals in our future and a lot more expansion. You know, I would also note, um, just the way you framed the first question, not all of the new customers in that greater than 5K segment are new landed deals. Some of them are ones that started smaller than that and, and moved across the line um, as part of our land and expand model. Uh, and so I think we're really just going to be building uh, on that momentum. And I, I just want to take a, a moment to, to reiterate um, the, the event that we're hosting on October 20th, uh, event called Scale. Um, that is all about uh, serving the needs of these larger customers in the enterprise segment. Um, so we're going to unveil a suite of new features designed to help large enterprises align their teams, uh, automate uh, that cross-team work, and adapt uh, more flexibly to, to this really fluid business environment. Um, Anne mentioned earlier she's going to be hosting that. Uh, I'll also have a little segment, and our product team is going to be demoing uh, new functionality that's going to help executives um, with team alignment, workflow, and work insights, uh, as well as talk about some of the scale, security, and, and platform uh, innovations that we're going to have for global CIOs and IT teams. So that's all about uh, how we continue that growth into the future. Outstanding. Thank you so much, guys. Our next question is from Mark Murphy with J.P. Morgan. Hi, good afternoon. This is Matt Koss on behalf of Mark Murphy. Um, thanks for taking our questions. In all of your sales and marketing activities, um, in which areas do you think you're seeing the best ROI and conversion? And are there any areas among sales and marketing spending that lend themselves um, or that might lend themselves to greater efficiency in the near term? Hey, Matt, this is Tim. Um, you know, I would say we, you know, our, our top of the funnel has maintained, um, has continued to be really strong. And the thing that we looked at is obviously like the payback of our sales and marketing. Even if, even when looking back at the last two quarters, um, our payback has been in the mid-teens. And I would say, you know, we, we're testing different channels all the time. You know, there are channels that are more efficient and that we pour more money in to acquire more customers. And there are channels that we test and sometimes they're less efficient, and over time we dial back those channels. But on a blended basis, the unit economics continue to be strong, and our payback has been in the mid-teens over the last couple of quarters. So we really we feel really confident about the investment that we're making um, on the sales and marketing. I would also just add that you know that's a very um, sort of acquisition uh, focused answer, but the the other side of this is really about you know sales and expansion and. Uh, our larger customers have, uh, expand faster, they retain better, and so that leads to those much higher uh, net dollar retention rates. So, um, you know, 145% uh, for our customers spending 50000 or more. Uh, and so when we can support those customers and make them more successful, that just directly translates to, to better efficiency on our sales and marketing efforts. Yeah, thank you very much. 
for our last question, we have Rob Oliver with Baird. Great. Good afternoon. Thank you guys for taking my questions. Um, I have two. Dustin, one for you, and then Chris, I had a follow-up uh, for you as well. So, you know, Dustin, I'm just curious, as you guys really start to break into these much, much larger enterprise uh, seat opportunities, in, in some cases, um, you know, whole companies, um, you know, you guys laid out this framework around your product early on, and, uh, you know, Pyramid of Clarity uh, was one of those things. And, you know, when you prepared your marks, you talked about uh, individuals, teams, and executives. So, you know, just curious as to, you know, as assuming you're, you're involved with some of these larger deals, you know, are you starting to see that, that period of, pyramid of clarity for you guys extend up to the executive suite in some of these deployments where, um, even at the knowledge worker level? And then I had one follow-up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, particularly when we include the executives themselves, um, but even, even when that's not true. Um, and, yeah, the, the clarity at the top of the pyramid, you know, from a product perspective, uh, I really think about that in terms of the universal reporting functionality. Uh, have been, you know, resonating very well with with senior ladder, senior leaders in these large customers. So I think that's a, a big part of our success. Okay, great, thanks. And then um, you and, and congrats on on a well-deserved re a retirement. Um, but. You know, the, the partner network. You, you talked about it a little bit in response to. to Sounds like it's, it is bearing fruit internationally. Uh, you mentioned the large deal in, in India, and, I, and assuming that you know, with you guys being a lot more countries now, that you know, channel partners will matter there internationally. Can you just talk about how you guys are conceiving with channel partners involved in some of these larger deployments, and how you see that evolving, you know, over the next couple of years, or, or maybe that's also for Ant. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, sure. No, great question, and, and thank you for the congratulations. So, yeah, our channel partner is very strategic, as we, we talked about. The focus is a little bit different in North America than in international. In international, a lot of it is about coverage in new markets, you know, and reach where we don't have reps and that kind of thing. In the U.S., um, we're seeing a lot more traction. Uh, sometimes it's around new segments. You know, where we don't have coverage that complements the team, but it's also about um, services and, um, you know, providing, um, you know, total sort of mind share with the customer, with the folks they want to work with on the, on the deployment and services side. Uh, and that's what's driving a lot of the North American uh, deals. So um, I think in the future we could probably, you know, add color on the involvement of partners in some of these deals. I'd expect uh, we'll be able to share that with you in the future. Helpful. Thanks again. Thank you. And with that, I will turn to, now turn the call back over to Catherine Blom. Great. Thanks very much, operator. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Please feel free to reach out and call if you have any follow-up questions, um, as usual. And we are looking forward to seeing you on the road or over Zoom this quarter. Thanks again. This does conclude today's conference call.